in today's show. It's time to look ahead for, well, not for Sunday, two Sunday's games and streaming options as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And we also have shows to cover whatever team you're interested in. You're a football fan? We've got a Locked On Chargers show. You're a baseball fan? Locked on Yankees. Maybe that's a team you're interested in. You got, you're a hockey fan? Locked on Flyers. Those guys do a great job as well. And whatever team in the NBA you want, we've got it covered for you. We are going to cover Sunday's games today. We're going to look at all of the players that I'm watching for. We're going to look at stream options for category leagues, deeper leagues, and points leagues. So let's start looking at those games. The first game we look at is the Nets and the Raptors. I want to see what's happening with LaMarcus Aldridge. Because he's playing pretty well, but it is inconsistent. I think at the moment, he does have some 12-team value, especially for points leagues, but he does have 12-team value um, moving forward, albeit very fringy. I also want to watch James Harden, because again, the shots aren't falling. Everything else is fine. Rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. The free throw volume is down right across the league. We know that. We don't. That's fine. But the fact that he's shooting under 40%, like that's got to come back up, and he's got to start to average 20 points per game. So let's see if these shots can start to fall for Jimmy. Well, for the Raptors, I believe they'll keep starting the big sneeze, Precious Achua. But Ken Birch got the bulk of those minutes last game. I think he's going to continue to get the bulk of those minutes. I don't think that Birch is going to be a 12-team league player. But he's going to be at least a 14 to 16-team sort of guy who has good stream value. Well, we have to watch. We have to. We have to watch Gary Trent because he's playing really, really well. Nice, Gary! His steal rate is out of control, and it is not sustainable at this level. But maybe he could be top five in the league in steals. Now, in the past, all he's been was a field goal, sorry, a, a points guy who had terrible field goal percentage. But you add something else in, like steals at this rate, and it really does boost your value. Let's see how he goes in terms of how aggressive he is, deflections, and steals as well. He's been really, really good so far. The next game we look at is the Jazz and the Magic. I want to watch Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Because Clarko was absolutely ice cold, and then he got red hot. Now, if Donovan Mitchell plays, what I'm always watching for for Clarkson is minutes, and then how he looks in those minutes, because he does tend to play much better when Mitchell is out. And then for Mitchell, is he going to play? How's he going to look after this ankle problem? It does appear that he will play, but we don't know that for sure. But let's see how he looks after the ankle injury and then the trickle-down effects. Well, for the Magic, the last couple of games for Franz Wagner, they haven't been awesome. They've been okay, but they haven't been awesome. He's still getting 30 minutes while Akiki's getting 20, but we do want to watch that, whether they do transition away into more of a timeshare or more towards Akiki. I'm still holding Franz, but the last couple have been a little bit, I guess, confidence deflating in his performances. While Jalen Suggs haven't really had a huge amount of confidence in any of his games, but I want to see him start to turn it around at some stage. I will give him and most rookie guards until like the end of November, give him six weeks, and if they're still useless, then we can move on. 
You might not have as much of patience or much patience as I do for rookie guards, but I think you have to have that level of, hey, they've got to figure some shit out early on and then hope that field goal percentage starts to come to fruition. But we haven't seen any changes by the time we hit Thanksgiving. Then more concerns, I think, uh, will be raised. The Pacers and the Kings. Chris Duarte had that excellent beginning to the season in huge minutes, and then it's just slowly coming down every game. I really worry about how he fits next to Brogdon and Levert in terms of maintaining his own fantasy value. And then what the hell happens when Warren comes back? He's probably going to be a drop. But let's see what he can do, whether Brogdon plays or not, is undecided at this point with an illness. But Duarte, that hot start has definitely um, it's definitely fallen off a little bit. While Demontis Sabonis, the last two games have been, I guess, a little bit disappointing. I know people you know, get on me because they feel like I, I hate this guy. I think he's really, really, really a good player. But sometimes his value does get overstated and he tends to do it on things that don't always appear long-term sustainable. This cold streak is probably not sustainable as well and it probably does jump up a little bit. But I want to see how he's being used, most importantly, under Rick Carlisle. For the Kings, Davion Mitchell. He's putting it together at a better rate at the moment. Like, top 200 over the last two, two weeks, which is an improvement from where he was. He's still not quite to be a 12-team league guy, but he is an interesting stream option. And then we also want to watch De'Aaron Fox, who has been terrible, but the last two games have been average to above average, maybe even good. That is the trajectory that we want to see this stuff fly on. Like Not like Damian Lillard, who's been terrible and getting worse, or Michael Porter Jr., who's been terrible and getting worse and injured. You know, Fox has been terrible and is getting better. That's good. Let's see if that can continue. We saw, sure hope that it can continue, but we need to obviously see that in action. We also need to see prize picks in action because they are the best NBA DFS prize po- uh, props operator out there. They are better than any other DFS prop operator on the market. They offer more NBA props than anyone else, whether that's superstar players, which of course they're going to have, but also the low-level bench guys getting just a handful of minutes. Whatever prop you can think of, points, rebounds, blocks, threes, assists, whatever it is, prize picks is going to have that for you. And when you go and sign up, if you use our promo code NBA, you can get 100% match deposit up to $100 if you use the promo code NBA. So how prize picks works? You pick two to five players and you pick their props, their over-unders, and you choose over-under this number. Put them all together and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. And it's not just basketball. You can combine sports, hockey, football, basketball. Put them all together, get those props going and get your entry in. And you can do that by downloading their app from the App Store or Google Play or just heading straight to prizepicks.com. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less and payments and withdrawals are fast and easy. So go to prizepicks.com, use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. You know about this familiar problem. You've got one device, you've got your, your sports, live sports, you watch here, right? You've got your other shows you watch on another device. And then you've got your highlights on your phone, and then you've got your neighbors log in for something else. It's all over the place. It's an absolute shambles. Everything all in different spots. I want to tell you about a great way to get everything that you want to watch without the hassle and get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites all together in one place like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can find out more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Okay, let's look at the next what to watch for package. We've got the Bucks and the Wizards. Punch Bob. I do think Bobby Portis is at least worth streaming or at least worth holding while Brook Lopez is out. But I'd like to see him do something that resembles what he did last year, which he hasn't done yet. And then Grayson Allen, who's been up and down and then very down and then very up. 
Drew Holiday coming back. Eventually, Chris Middleton returning makes me don't not think that he's going to maintain long-term value, but he is producing it at the moment, and he is worth looking at. While for the Wizards, Spencer Dinwiddie, was, he was on my Sal High show a couple of weeks or last week, and since then, the production has dropped. I still think there is room for him to get better than what we've seen the last two games, but I'd like to see where he sits, what his three-point percentage is looking like. Is he demanding enough usage of the ball? And then also Dan Gafford who, if he gets 23 minutes a night, it's going to be great. That's what we need. We want to see, is he a 20-minute guy with 28 to Harrell? Is it 23-25? That, that three minutes is a big difference in Gafford's overall value. And then he can provide you the two blocks and six rebounds and 70% from the line. And that has enough value there. Let's look at the next game. It is the Cavs and the Knicks. Colin Sexton has been bad. You know that I have been on the Colin Sexton is bad train for a long time. But I've also been on the Colin Sexton is bad, but he's putting up efficient scoring numbers. Unfortunately, Colin Sexton remains bad, but the efficient scoring numbers have gone away. I do think that he can be much better than he currently is, and that some of the scoring and efficiency can return. But with guys like Allen and Mobley and Darius Garland playing significantly levels above where Sexton is, they probably don't need to rely upon him as much. I'd just like to see how he's used and how he responds to that. Also, Jarrett Allen, who with Love and Markinen out, we are seeing a ton of minutes going to Allen. This could be a really good sell-high opportunity because he's playing like 37, 38 minutes a night, which probably isn't something that's going to stick when those other front court players return. For the Knicks, it was terrible for Kemba Walker, then it was great, and now it's back to terrible. So let's see how they use him. Is it just going to be one of these ones if he starts out cold, we'll give more minutes to Derek Rose? That's frustrating for fantasy. I'm still holding Kemba, but it is frustrating. And then I also want to watch Rowan Barrett, who is playing and scoring at a high level. Sometimes the efficiency does drop off, and we know that you know, he can suffer from a lack of peripheral stats. But the scoring and the increased usage from him has been really impressive. So let's see if he can start to put it all together with the high scoring, give us some rebounds, some assists, and steals, and bring it with high efficiency. He hasn't really tied all of that together yet. For the Spurs and the Thunder, I'm watching Devin Vassell, who's been impressive the last three games. I think he's a 12-team league guy. There is obviously an opportunity with Doug McDermott and Keldon Johnson not lighting the world on fire for Vassell to maintain maybe even a 30-minute role. That's enough for me to hold him. And then Thad Young with Jakob Pertl out. He was excellent last game. Now, Young was completely out of the rotation, but he looks comfortable again. You add him for 12-team leagues, and then we figure out what happens when Pertl is back. For the Thunder, Josh Giddy's been great. I just want to watch him because he's fun. He is a must-roster player in fantasy. We hope that we can get some shooting numbers to improve for him. But the assists, the steals, the rebounds, that's all great. And I don't expect that to change too much. Well, Darius Baisley, we know that he's trash for fantasy in general. Points leagues, he's okay. But in category leagues, he's still not there as a 12-team league guy. But as a stream option, the minutes seem to be getting pumped into him. And he's getting enough playing time to justify at least using him for streaming. The Rockets and the Warriors is the next game up. Daniel Tice is back. What does that mean for Alperen Sengun? Tice has had maybe one good game this year, so he's not anywhere close to a 12 or 14 team league guy, but how they use Tice and Sengun and KJ Martin is going to be intriguing. And then also Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, who put together some pretty good games when Tice was out. Not that they're directly linked, but they sort of are because Tate can play more four when Tice is out. So can Tate maintain this level of consistency? That's what we hope. Well, for the Warriors, Damian Lee had his uh, streak of uh, good scoring games broken last game but he's still an interesting streamer. Well, the mitten Gary Payton has been dominating. Is this a real thing? I think there's a chance for it to continue with Andre Iguodala out, but it is, it's been very interesting to watch. He has done this in the past, had these little stretches of gigantic production, and then he completely disappears. So we want to watch really, really closely to how they're using him, how he's getting his numbers, and then if it can continue, that's massive for us. 
The Hornets and the Clippers is the next game we're going to take a look at. I want to watch Terry Rozier, who's been really bad since coming back from his ankle injury. He looks like he's forcing a little bit more, and with Bridges and Ball playing at their level, he's probably his level of usage is probably not as required as what it was in the past. He's not a droppable player, but it could trend that way. And then I also want to watch Mason Plumlee, who I do think, outside of very specific circumstances, is probably not a 12-team league guy. Now, it does help that PJ Washington is out. That might give him a little bit of a short-term boost. But Plumlee is trending in the wrong direction. While for the Clippers, Nick Batum, with Marcus Morris unlikely to be there, Serge Barker unlikely to be there. Batum and Terrence Mann are getting their 30 minutes tonight, and they're producing at a high enough level. I don't believe that they are must-roster, 100% type guys, but they are in the short term. And when the schedule makes sense, which it does for upcoming in week four. In terms of nine category stream options for um, Sunday, we're looking at Thad Young, Derek Favors, Drew Eubanks, Damian Lee, Otto Porter, Luke Kennard, Bruce Brown, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. For deeper leagues, looking at Eubanks, Otto Porter, Bruce Brown, Mo Harkless, Doug McDermott, Gary Payton, Blake Griffin, Sfema Hiluk, and Jordan Nwora. And then if we go on to points leagues, which we absolutely are going to, then we look at Thad Young, Bobby Portis, Devin Vassell, Terrence Mann, Darius Baisley, Derek Favors, Nick Batum, Drew Eubanks, and LaMarcus Aldridge. Before I let you go, though, Thanksgiving is coming up. And we all know what Thanksgiving is. It means food, lots of delicious food. But a lot of that food, unfortunately, is very high in calories, desserts especially. So why don't you bring Built Bar to the table? Built Bar is the delicious new dessert that is very low in calories. A slice of pie, 300 calories plus, easy. Built Bar, 130 calories. So replace your coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Replace your raspberry pie with a raspberry Built Bar. Bring it, show the family. Hey, look what I got, guys. A delicious tasting dessert that's covered in 100% real chocolate, by the way, but it's not going to blow out your waistline with just 130 calories per bar. So make sure you're also checking the website, Built.com, for all of the special flavors they're going to announce this month, plus Black Friday deals. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you can save 15% off of Built Bars. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Guys, that'll do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.